What's up, Slow Drip listeners? This is your host, Zach. And Matt. And we have an exciting announcement. CisternaCoffeeCo.com is officially up and running. We are live. And everything is in stock. Uh, We've got our mugs ready to ship. Right in time for Christmas. Today's date is December the 7th. Um, So everything is ready for you to go. Um, Bolivian coffee's in stock. Thai coffee's in stock. Everything's freshly roasted. Coffee mugs, decals. Uh, This has been a long time coming. The site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So... Wherever you're joining us on the Slow Drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays. And that plan A has always been redemption. It has always been restoration. It has always been plan. Jesus has always been plan A. Welcome back to Soldier Podcast with Zach and Matt. We are here today in our home away from home mm-hmm. in Dublin. Dublin, Georgia. Yeah, it's a good old place. I enjoy it. Um, this episode will air November 8th. You'll be in Kenya. I will. Hopefully, uh, as I've run through the timeline a couple of times now, hopefully I will be able to send you a field update and maybe even a cold open. Well, by, by then you'll, you'll have been there a week, so surely. Right. As long as you have internet somewhere, I guess. Well, well you have yeah, your Skyrim. So I do. I have the Skyrim. Um, I will actually... I will be on my way to Omulti, to the village in northern Kenya, mm-hmm. um, where we saw a church be born last year, that, that when this comes out. How excited are they that you're coming? That it, Man, you cannot keep a secret. No. Like... More people, we talked about it on another episode, but the cultural difference of people like just messaging you and Mm -hmm. there are, there's a number of individuals that are friends or acquaintances that I know that uh, have messaged me in the last couple of weeks that I didn't tell I was coming. And they're like, we're excited to see you. I'm like, probably Daniel. Well, I th- part of it is because I'm going back to Older Gacy in the South mm. as well. So, some of those old friends are are um, are messaging me, um, also, which will be good. And I will have just been with them when this comes out. So, like I was saying, hopefully, most likely, I'll be able to at least do a, a cold open or or a greeting or something to this episode as well um i saw on our metrics that somebody from kenya has been listening to our podcast nice yeah that's really cool so uh i will have so sunday november 6th i'm preaching Mm -hmm. at the agc church in older casey and then we'll head back to nairobi and then 
be on our way north after that. So uh, by the time this episode comes out, I will be about as far remote as you can go uh, in a village that's very isolated in the northern desert. Um, Hopefully I'll be able to, you know, through modern technology, send a message and say hello and welcome and thank you for listening. I'm not going to put it in there, though. I figured not. So, (laughs) today, we are enjoying Good Citizens Coffee from Chiapas, Mexico. Um, That's one I've had before. I really like it, and it's... uh, A lot of people don't know, but that's also where the Chia Pet comes from. That's where my Bob Ross Chia Pet (laughs) (laughs) grows his hair out. Um... We mentioned that before. You've never had a Chia Pet, have you? No. I should have gotten you one for your birthday. <laughs> Instead, I gave you a lame present. I know. So freaking lame. Um, well, we've had a lot of Ethiopian coffees, a blend, and a lot of Colombian coffees that we've previewed lately on the slow drip. So it's nice to have another one from Mexico, different single origin region. I really like... Mexican single origin coffees and this is fantastic this is a it's it's not one that's like super in your face trying to figure out how to put it it's 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 brighter it it is is a more bright it's bright but it's not like over the top Mm -hmm. it's not anything that's like it's it's nothing to write home about but it could be a good go to Mm mm-hmm like, I'm just in the mood for coffee, but nothing special. That's a good way to describe it. This is a really good coffee for your afternoon. Like this time of year. A- afternoon pick me up. Yeah, this yeah. time of year when it's uh, still warm in the afternoons, but the mornings are brisk. And uh, it's time to have a cup of coffee and just sit outside and collect your thoughts before you finish out the work day. Mm-hmm. This is the right cup of coffee for that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it says green grape chocolate and sweet. and It's not sweet at all. I was going to say I don't get any of the chocolate notes. But I think... I think it's too bright to get the chocolate. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes when we preview or we talk about a coffee, we just go straight to what the tasting notes are that they put on the package. And I think we could do better to do our own taste analysis before we say, and this is what they say it should taste like. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I think there's, I mean, it's probably the green grape, but I think it's a little bit more floral citrus uh, and it's bright. It's not quite jammy, <laughs> but I threw that one in there for but you. But it, it is, it is, I mean, it's a smooth, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a good coffee. Yep. And I get the sweet notes too as well. So, um, it's really good, really good, just everyday drinking coffee. So, and Good Citizen is one of those that we both really like. Yeah. Uh, they're out of Nashville. They do a good job. They do a really good job with all of their stuff. So, um, yeah, I would give it a, we've never even done a point rating, so I don't know why I'm going to start now, but I'd give it an eight and a half. <laughs> For, on, a, on a scale of one to ten. 
This is an eight and a half, and we've never ranked any coffee like this before, nor will we ever do it again. But uh, just for this one, one time. Why not? Why not? So, um, so today, I wanted to just talk about one of the most overplayed cliches that you might hear in certain circles of the modern evangelical movement, and that is that God will not give you more than you can handle. I love that statement. Do you? It's right up there with live, laugh, love. It conjures that to mind when I hear someone say it as well. Like, kind of on the cringeworthy side. Um, so we just want to take some time to kind of break down that because I feel like it was, we talked about it briefly in another episode um, within the last six weeks. I don't know which one, but I feel like we have to. Right. Yeah. I know. It's It was just kind of in state, you know, a passing statement. And again, it was... You know, all of this is a little bit in jest of uh, this is a cliche. Uh, but I, I thought about it and I thought it's worth unpacking a little bit more from our perspective yeah. um, because it had come up recently and also in part because uh, in church our pastor is going through all of these sorts of cliche statements and kind of debunking them with scripture. And it made me think of you in church was he was doing this because, because I say these statements. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, you're, you're a walking sandwich board of cliche statements, cliche, biblical. No, you were pretty steady. What, what's another one? Uh, heaven gained another angel when he died. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That one. And the one with the lamb. It's not really a saying, Mm-mm. but mm. how when a shepherd goes to find a sheep that wanders off, mm-hmm. finds it. Have you ever heard it? They, no. They break its leg. No. You've never heard that? That's horrible. So it ties in with when you wander away, you might get hurt. Oh. Like you may, there, there are repercussions to your actions, mm. but the shepherd would break the the leg of the, the leg of the lamp or the sheep or whatever and then towed it back in and I don't think that's true at all. It is not because and like a that would make that absolutely worthless. Right. I working with pastoralists I in, can't believe you've never heard that. I know, but working with pastoralists in northern Africa, if I said to any of them, Hey, when you find a, a sheep or a goat <laughs> that's wandered off, that's wandered off, you should break its leg and to it teach it a lesson. It won't wander off again. They would look at me like I was a crazy person. So, no, so I've never heard that. Uh, but what I was saying was that one of the passages of scripture that uh, our pastor referenced in debunking this phrase that God doesn't give us more than we can handle was Second Corinthians one which you read on the air just a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. when yeah. Paul is talking about, you know, we even despaired in life itself. You yep. know, we've gone through so many trials and hardships that we were ready to die. Let's just serve that out for a minute and let if you If it know. is bad enough to where death is the better option, mm-hmm. it's got to be pretty tough. And per- particularly for Paul. Because, you know, elsewhere throughout Scripture, uh, and I guess it's after 
that part of Second Corinthians one, but in Second Corinthians eleven, he goes on to like outline this litany of things that have happened to him. You know, like I was stoned, I've been beaten by rods three times, I've had forty lashes minus one, so many times. I have been shipwrecked three times. I've been bitten by a snake. You know, all of this for the sake of the gospel, mm-hmm. right? So Paul has gone through all of those things, and then he's saying, and there were times it got pretty bad, and we were ready to be just taken on across the mortal veil. Um, Then you know it's pretty bad. (laughs) So usually when someone says something like this, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. It's usually pretty flippant, too, I think, and... You know, someone's going through something tough, and they're or they're complaining about, man, this, whatever's going on, life's not good right now. Mm-hmm. And then someone, usually carelessly, flippantly, and without knowing the full story, is like, God will never give us more than we can handle. Or yuck, yuck, yuck. And <laughs> so, let's break it down a little bit more. Um, we're talking about frustrations. We're talking about suffering. First of all. Most of the suffering that we experience here uh, in the Western world is not near as bad as it could be. Absolutely. You know, so for perspective, you know, and and don't get me wrong, I mean, there are friends and loved ones and people we know that have gone through some really hard things. Um, so I'm not I'm not painting everything with a black brush or I'm not saying like, hey, you know, suck it up. But in comparison, for the most part, um, a lot of the the suffering and the, the frustrations that we endure pale in comparison to some of the sufferings that our brothers and sisters around the world are enduring right out of the gate. Uh, second, I think if you break this out, that God doesn't give us more than we can handle, well... I don't think that he's giving us anything. It's not like God's sitting up there going, and today you get an extra dose of misery. You're going to stub your toe and the rest of your day is going to be awful. No. A, we know he's not spiteful. We know he's not, you know, malicious like that. But also the things that we are talking about in frustrations and suffering usually are things that we've brought on ourselves. Absolutely. And And like I'm, I'm thinking like, Things that, like you said, in our Western world, like um, there there was a guy. I won't say his name because I don't because he leaves behind a kid and or eight kids, excuse me, a wife and eight kids. He was just ter- tortured and murdered for his faith. Mm. Um, they found his body in the in a ditch um, out, out in the jungle and uh, or off a jungle road. And um, he, this is, I'm, I'll read, I'll read part of the post. He, he was a disciple of Jesus who lived to expand God's kingdom. Um, we were told by several people that this person was not the main target, but there were signs of torture. The persecutors wanted information about leaders in the network 
mm. and how the church was growing. Was it? Oh, that was me. Freaked me out for a second. Persecutors wanted information about leaders in our, in the network and how the church was growing in the province. This was in, in Laos. Mm. <coughs> it's a very fearful time for Christian believers. And so like you, you look at that, God won't give you more than you can handle. Like literally he could not handle it. He was mm-hmm. killed. Mm-hmm. Um, but like everything here is, Oh, well the bakery didn't have my everything bagel this morning or like, I don't know, just something mundane to push you over the edge. Right. Mentally. Mm-hmm. <coughs> what we consider, what some some people would say, first world problems. Yeah. But well, then, but then you go into actual issues too. Mm-hmm. Well, there, yeah, there's. That whole idea of like, oh, well, a first world problem. Like, that is that in and of itself is a cliche that is said far too often. And the reality is, is like, it's not, it's not a false statement Mm -hmm. at one level. Because, yeah, I mean, the rest of the world doesn't have to deal with that as a, a problem. Not having, you know coffee shop ran out of pumpkin spice syrup so i had to have a plain latte first world problem well yeah that's a pretty true statement i think it's overplayed you know because the reality is what does it matter um yeah or whatever but back to your point you know like this individual who was martyred for the sake of the cross like again it wasn't that god gave him you know won't give you more than than you can handle because like you said yeah like you physically he physically couldn't handle that trial um so if we take that as a, you know hold that loosely in one hand as an example of what we're kind of talking about versus in the other hand we hold loosely the what we perceive to be trials and challenges here in the western world and we'll talk about both but we just kind of wrap up talking about the things and frustrations that we endure air quotes endure in the Western world. Like the majority of those things are things that we've brought on ourselves Mm -hmm. in one way or another decisions that we've made. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's highly scriptural too. Like, you know, you're, you're redeemed from your sin, but you still have consequences of your sin. Yeah. Um, and gosh, you, we're not going to go into it, but there, you could go way down that trail. There's deep. A, yeah, that's a deep well of examples and things to talk about. Um, but I think that uh, what we forget in that is that, you know, we live in free will. Like we were created, we were created as eternal beings to be with our creator for all eternity. But while we're here, we are granted free will so we can make whatever choice we want, but we do have to pay for those choices. Um, so God allows us to choose our own path. Um, but then in his providence, 
He is there to protect us in spite of ourselves. There are things that happen in our lives that we don't bring on ourselves, right? So like the whole family is affected. Mm -hmm. Another example is alcoholism or addiction, right? The person that is in the middle of that is going to pay the piper in some way, shape, or form. Health issues, jail time, whatever. But there's also, that brings on trials and afflictions for other members of the same family. Yeah. You know, having to watch a loved one yep. uh, go through that and suffer through that. And those are the things that, you know, so some of it is, I think we, I think we got a little too stuck into things that brought that we bring on ourselves or, or not. And I think we also kind of got a little too down in the weeds on molehills or mountains. Yeah. If we kind of pull back you and I for a minute and say, okay, trials exist, affliction exists, pain exists in the world. It's a broken world. It wasn't supposed to be this way from the very beginning. And there, and there again, our first father, Adam's choice to sin got us to this point, right? Like it wasn't, the original plan was not, the original plan was live in perfect harmony with the creator in the garden. But we chose sin. So we pay for that. And the blessing in that is that there is a way out. There is an, uh, there's a way out in a sense and in, in that all of these things are intended to draw us closer to the, the, the beauty, creator. The beauty in that is, yes, I guess that was, pro, that was the original plan or that was the original design. Mm-hmm. Man tainted that. Mm-hmm. But God being all-knowing, he had a plan. And that plan A has always been mm-hmm. redemption. Mm-hmm. It has always been restoration. It has always been plan. Jesus has always been plan A. So from the beginning, God and his providence knew that we were going to be frail and broken creatures. And he saw fit to provide a way out. That's a great way to say that. He saw fit to provide the way out. And this is, and we're talking, you know, in all of these things, whether, and the majority of the time, and I, I think we got, this is a little bit more of a sticky subject than I thought it would be when we jumped into it. We kind of went right into the deep end. I think the majority of the things that we see as trial, we bring on ourselves. Uh, but that's not always the case. There are things that, there are outside circumstances. Right. They're like we've just talked about. Um, but I think whether it's, you know, byproduct of prosperity gospel, modern evangelicalism or whatever, we are made to believe. And maybe it's the whole participation trophy generation that we're made to believe like everything should be sunshine and rainbows all the time. Mm, yeah. And so anytime that something does happen, it's the end of the world and the kind of the chicken little response. And so bringing it back around to Paul, like we talked about at the very beginning of the episode, 
2 Corinthians 1, 2 Corinthians 11, both of these passages, Paul enumerates major trials that he withstood for the sake of the gospel. You reference the, a story of a modern Christian martyr in Laos. Same thing. Chose affliction for the sake of the gospel. In the Old Testament, in Psalms, David writes in Psalms 34, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all. Mm. Right? Um, we live in a broken world. We live in a world that's filled with pain. We live in a world where trial and affliction happens at our own hand and sometimes not. The point is, what do we do with it, right? Um, and when you, you read this, like in, in Psalms 34, like the Lord delivers him out of all, like the righteous man um, has many afflictions. Well, that deliverance may not look like what we think it does, you know? That deliverance could be restoration with the Father in heaven, like the martyr that you referenced in Lao, right? His deliverance wasn't people coming to the rescue and stopping the torture and, you know, getting him medical attention. No. His deliverance was well his done. Ne- his next step was stepping foot into the kingdom. Well done, good and faithful servant, right? Mm-hmm. And, man, that's the ultimate at the end of the day, like, if we think and live eternally. Um, you know, now that he exists on that side, mm. and I, I would li- I like to think that time doesn't apply anymore. In that in that sense, like time, time doesn't exist. So in just a few short seconds, we'll be there too. No matter if it's a hundred years that pass here, in the blink of an eye, we'll be there as well. There, right now, there are people that are lining up behind him Mm -hmm. to step foot through the gate because of the work that he did. Yep. Yep. That's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a good, good thought. And in that, if we live with that eternal perspective, there will be trial and affliction. God will certainly give more than we can handle. Exactly. Or, it's not a, necessarily yeah. give, but right, allow. Right. Allow more than we can handle so that we fall to our knees. And depend. And, and depend on him and him alone. Yeah. And that's what this is really all about, that he be glorified and not us and all of these things. And I think all of these things that Paul talks about, right, that he goes through in both of those passages in Second Corinthians, and we think about what's going on in the world around us today, where if we don't agree with every single opinion, or we don't agree with every single lifestyle choice, we're labeled as a bigot. And so we live in fear that we're going to be called a bigot because of not agreeing with every lifestyle choice or you know, whatever, and we don't take the stands that we need to take or we feel like we're going to be persecuted as a result. I wonder what Paul would say if he showed up in 2022, right? (laughs) 
You know, it's like, wow, you guys are really doing a terrible job. Well, and I'm thinking, you know, along that same line, <coughs> like this is like he, he went into it knowing this is this is the end road. Like you think about all of Paul's ministry, too. Like it was I want to get to Rome. Mm. I want to get to Rome so that I can bring the gospel to Caesar himself. Right. Knowing that the end road was death. Okay, so like, here's my penultimate goal. Here's my calling. And I know what it's going to cost me. And I'm not going to shy away from it. So if Paul showed up in, in 2022, oh, you're being persecuted for the sake of the, the cross because you're taking a stand for what you know is right. Seems like Operation Normal, you know? Yeah. This is the way it is. Um, the title of today's episode is Embrace the Suck. We're going to stick with that. Maybe. Um, and it's not from a hyper-machismo, like, hyper-masculine, oh, embrace the suck. But the reality is, is like, yeah, embrace it. Embrace the trial. Uh, it's meant to bend a knee, acknowledge the creator. Chances are there'll probably be another one. That was what I, I was thinking of as I was preparing to come today and to kind of land the plane of like, you know, the short version of that being the things that you and I both have had to, to navigate. Well, have, so things happen in, in like, particular situations where you do not have a choice but to cling to the exactly. maker. Yeah. Something that is completely and totally out of your control. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is is like you would love the opportunity to fix it. Or you would love the opportunity to rectify the situation, but you're completely and totally incapable of being of doing it. Not that you're incapable, but there, there's another situation where Jesus never took the opportunity to correct the people that were about to crucify him. Mm-hmm. He could have, mm-hmm. but he never took the opportunity to say, well, actually. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, yeah. Ultimately, our decisions or decisions of others lead us into issues. Mm-hmm. Those issues, surface level or completely and totally life-changing, we have the opportunity to make them what we want by either trying to deal with it ourselves or clinging to the maker and enjoying his grace. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for a break. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I mean, I... Yeah. I've got about three endings to choose from. <laughs>